Welcome to the F and Rad Snowboarding Podcast. I'm Eric Trollson, and this is episode 13, our very first live episode. Recorded at Chair 9 Pub in Glacier, Washington, in front of a live audience, this event was sponsored by Sessions Beer by Full Sail Brewery out of Hood River, Oregon. Yeah, I didn't start even riding till I was 65 years old. The first board I ran was this plastic Sims Lonnie Toft with a skate deck. Snowboarding is exactly the same as it used to be. It's just, you know, everybody wants something from it. I don't know if I can endure any more shitty winters. We're going to be okay, you know, and that's all that matters. You can put it away for a while, but you can't put it away forever because it's just almost like a spiritual thing. Terry A. Hackinson is a snowboarding icon. For almost three decades, he's dominated whatever part of professional snowboarding he was focused on. Blessed with seemingly unlimited natural talent and edge control, Terrier was taken under the wing of snowboarding legend Craig Kelly when he was just 15 years old. We were honored to meet him in the parking lot at Mount Baker a few hours before the podcast taping to iron out the details of when we would record. My buddy Gentle Brad, who's one of Terrier's biggest fans, chatted away with him casually about Hawaii, surfing, and among other things, yoga. It was one of my favorite moments to witness of all times. Jake Blovell, who was hanging out with Terrier while he was in Washington, agreed to get him to the Chair 9 pub for 3 p.m., which he totally did. Here's the recording of our interview pretty much in full. All right, everybody. My name's Eric Charlson. This is the Eppenrad Snowboarding Podcast. And uh, we've been doing it all season, and we've interviewed a lot of cool guys. Uh, one of them sitting at the bar right now, Jeff Fulton, you're your hometown guy. And we're here with, uh, how do I introduce you other than saying, you know, the best snowboarder in the world, Terry Hackinson. Thank you for being my guest, buddy. I don't know, here's an asshole, I don't know. What you <laughs> <laughs> we almost always start with the first question is, what was your first board? When did you start? Yeah, I... Um... My neighbor had a board. It was a Burton Elite 150. Had a little fin on it, a swallowtail. I think it had, uh, it's not going to say the Velcro straps, but it had like plastic click-in straps. And uh, it worked, actually worked in powder, but it didn't really work on the hard pack. Sick. And then what was your first board that was like your own that you bought? Well, I, I bought the same board, but not from my neighbor, from this other girl down the street. Sick. Yeah. Were you basically on Burton when you were, like, a little kid? Was there ever, like, Terrier on a uh, Nidecker snowboard or, uh, like, some crazy banana or something like that? Uh, it's funny because, you know, like, it was so small back then and there was be different importers. So you go to one city and we'd be, everybody would be on Sims. You go to the next one and be on GNU and uh, keep going. And, like, a lot of people thought, like, oh, we were making a half pipe. They were, like... What are those guys doing now? They're making a, like this Burton ramp, you know? And uh, so it's like, but we, we traveled around Norway, so we get to try everything. We had like uh, Easter demos and stuff like that where, yeah, so I was on a pocket knife, and that was probably a uh, game changer for me at that time. Sick, dude. So how did you get hooked up with Burton in the first place? So like you traveled and competed within like a, a smaller Norwegian circuit kind of thing? Yeah, for how uh, well it was, it was actually a Norwegian circuit. Uh, and I rode the junior class under 18. Yeah, it was happening really fast. But I, I grew up in a town where Achille and Einar Loftus was. And they did World Cups in 88. They were on, uh, like Achille was on the Burton World Team for many years. And so 
I was pretty lucky that like, I saw that from the beginning, you know. So everything went pretty fast from uh, getting sponsored by Burton. That was the next thing I was going to ask you about your hometown. Is, is it true it's like 100 people? Is that right? <laughs> no, that's not right. Okay. But, uh, it's Misinformation. Like, uh, not that many more, though. Maybe like 1,200. 1,200 people. So what's it like, you know, at 18, 19 years old, going out into the world as an internationally renowned snowboarder from growing up in a town of 1,200 people? Well, we have, we have bus and trains in Norway, too, so I was actually outside <laughs> the city, you know. I have an aunt that lives in Oslo. <laughs> was, there some, <laughs> was there somebody at your, home t- in your, at your home hill that was, like, that gave up on snowboarding because he was, like, second best? You know, this guy's so much better than me, I just quit, but he was actually, like, quite good. Um, but there's not that many people. So. Well... <laughs> well I don't think anybody thought like that, though, but I, I can probably like, claim that for myself, though, in skiing, because like, I had a friend that always beat me, so yeah, maybe yeah. that's why I started snowboarding. <laughs> Let's move into um, the, your decision to boycott the Olympics in 98. Was that an easy decision for you to make, or was it something that you thought about and kind of flip-flop back and forth? You thought, like, oh, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't, or was it just like, I'm not fucking going as long as it's fist? Uh, yeah, to that point, yeah, it's really easy. I just had to get the blessing from Jake, and uh, then it was really easy. Yeah. M- my, my dad got really pissed off, you know. Uh, he looks at the Olympics a different way than I do. And, uh, but I think he's the only pissed guy, really. Right, so had the FIS not gotten the judging for the Olympics, would you have gone? Uh, the thing that was like, in the beginning, it was more like giving it to a ski federation, but... After I learned more about IOC, it's like actually it's a lot more important things than snowboarding. Right. So like everybody who actually supports IOC, you know, you're actually supporting nature's disaster and human killings. You know, just to get your face in the cereal box. It's like, you know, people forget and ignore all the facts. Right. I didn't know before I heard you talk about it what your position was on it. And I kind of just thought, oh, he doesn't want to go because he hates skiers. Um, But then... When I heard you articulate, I was like, oh, my God. Like, the Olympics actually, it definitely hurt the soul of snowboarding. Yeah, also that, too. It's like the same thing as that supported. It, it actually, for them, it was like stealing candy from kids, you know, taking over a sport with all their media powers, you know. And, and everybody's like, they forget about all the facts, really. They're just so, they really want the, their face on that cereal box, and they do anything to get there. You know, I'm ashamed of a lot of my snowboard peers that brags about their Olympian. There's like a guy who really rape snowboarding, but at the same time, rape towns and kill a lot of people and support that shit. I figured that was probably the way you were thinking, because you've actually spoken out in Norway against the bid for Oslo to get the Olympics. Yeah, and uh, actually 80% voted against having... Sweet. So, yeah, so they understand, you know, they read more, and I think, you know, there's like, I don't know if it's five or eight books that is written by IOC, you know? But uh, one is actually from a teacher in Vancouver, and everybody thinks it's like uh, communist countries that have all the problems, but it's the same in, like, in Canada, in the U.S., in Baker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk a bit about Mount Baker, right? You've, you've won the bank slalom seven times. That's fucking pretty impressive. You guys could cheer like crazy for that. Um, are, is it something you train for? Is it something you have a strategy for? Or is it just something that you're just so good at it, you just win when you come? <laughs> um, 
Uh, well, I definitely have a, a talent for like some people likes to go fast, and um, you know it's not easy though. You know, it's like I've been there a lot of times, and it's you gotta have the like almost a perfect run to win. You know, uh, a lot of good guys, but it's it's a really fun thing to do, and a lot of people come here also just to ride that mountain here because when there's powder here, it's probably one of the best places around. We're not gonna tell anybody, but. <laughs> So uh, let's talk a little, let's go back to talking a little bit about Norway, because you're obviously a very proud Norwegian. Uh, I know only a little bit about it. One of the cool things I know about it is the slow TV movement that's going on there. Do you know about that? No, slow, I Slow don't. TV? Okay, we don't have to talk about it then. They, they, put, they put like eight-hour programs on a, like somebody knitting a sweater, like from start to finish, like eight hours, and it's like the most watched program. And, like, the train ride up or, like, the ferry ride up the fjords, like, in real time, and people, like, have signs and stuff. It's, like, a real national thing. You need to go and Google it. It's actually really fucking cool. On TV. Well, yeah, I start watching TV then. Yeah. yeah, nobody's watching TV. It's just old. <laughs> All right, so you talked about getting uh, Jake's blessing to not go to the Olympics. How hard was that conversation? Was there a part where he's like, Terry, you're fucking winning everything. you got to go to the Olympics or i got to start thinking about getting a different dude. Well, we're back to the Olympics again, yeah. Um, well, no, just it was, such a, it was such a big thing for the, the people that were into it at the time that you weren't going. For those of you that don't know, he would have won the Olympics if he went. He would have won. Everybody agreed. And he was like, you know what, I don't fucking like what they stand for, so I'm not going to go. And I invite other people to stand up with me and not go. Be the boss, guy. Did, did, other, people, boss. did other people, other high-level competitors not go? Like, did you, were you successful yeah. in rallying some people? Uh, not that year, but there's been a few who had those decisions. And uh, the thing is, like, yeah, in general, you know, it's really bad for the sport when... Torsten Horma goes to Slovakia and ride the worst slopestyle course ever to qualify for the Olympics. That's processed on the TV, you know, so it's everybody shoots themselves in the foot, really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, look at the halfpipe. It's been the same golden run for format for so many years. Right. And we're missing out. And, like, if I had a kid and you're just seeing triple corks all the way down, I don't want my kid to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> cool. All right, so moving from that to your contest series that you were, that you basically put together, right? It was, what was the first incarnation of, what was the first name of World Freeride Tour? Is that, what, am I way off on that? Yeah, you're way off. Oh. Um, it's, it's a lot of us, like, you know, contest is just one part of snowboarding, and it's a small bar, but it's a lot of politics, obviously, but it's like, uh, I started our own contest in uh, 2000 called the Arctic Challenge, and then uh, together with a lot of different other events, we created a tour, the World uh, Snowboard Tour, and uh, they're still going. I was more active like five years ago, but uh, people wanted to go different directions, and then I'm like, I was calling bullshit, but nobody wanted to listen. <laughs> okay, so now there's a lot of things that there's two main foundations that you're involved with. Tell me about your uh, philanthropy, because uh, that's a big part of your life right now, right? No, that's just uh, whatever I learn from other people on the road, you know, and then products I like, you know. Not everything I post I'm, like, sponsored by or, you know, Absolutely. it's not like, not everything uh, is paid for. <laughs> but, uh, and then I, I'm just ambassador for, like, the recycling programs and stuff like that. In Norway or worldwide? Uh, in Norway, but, like, my, my post goes 
sometimes it hits bakers too. Dude, I love that. Yeah, no, I th I, that's what makes you the, more than just a champion is that uh, you take a look at your lifestyle, take a look at people. You're not afraid to call bullshit. Yeah, and like the, the trash system they have in Glacier and Baker is it's a shame. They really got to upgrade their recycling program. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's I don't, not don't your, you love your nieces or your kids? Oh, my God, are you kidding? Of course. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things that kind of goes under the radar in Canada. We're, I mean, we're kind of the same as here. Like, it's a very rough system, and a lot of people's attitude is you look and you go, oh, shit, what garbage can do I put this in? And you half-ass it and throw it in whatever's got the most trash, honestly. Whereas in Europe, I know it's what, like the, the percentage of waste that goes to a landfill is it's like only a couple of percent. So, yeah, I guess coming over here, seeing this, kind of a bummer. Because this affects you guys. Oh, we got it too, man. It's not everywhere. It's cool. But my, my other friend, though, looked at it a different way. You know, he's, you know we both have kids. And he said, um, yeah, we're going to see a lot of like, bad shit the next 30, 40 years old. And he just said, like, yeah, we're really lucky. There's good, we're going to see some ingenuity because there's, I, I mean, even at Baker, those recycling bins that are there now, they just put them in. Yes, you know science. what I mean? Science. Yeah. More snow. Yeah. Well, once the snow melts, then you start thinking, oh, maybe we got to do something about this crazy shit. I'm going to end on this question, Terry. What's it like? Because obviously you got into snowboarding because it's fun as fuck, right? Like, and you love it. Did you fall in love with it? as a kid and that's why you got so involved in it yeah I, um you know i do a lot of different sports and that was one that was really fun yeah and now i do a lot of different sports still all the ones i think that are fun perfect and that's uh that's how you live <laughs> okay so my question was how fucking fun is it when you can just do anything that you fucking want <laughs> like when you can go to a park and go i, I like to try a thing and then you land it and then everybody's like holy shit that was perfect yeah, well, I don't know. I think any sports, like I look at a skateboarder and I go like, fuck, I wish I could do that. And yeah. like, that looks really fun. But the level that I'm too, I, I have fun at that level too. So yeah, it's, it's just true. a sensation for yourself. And then. You've been such an inspiration to so many fucking people in snowboarding. You're the fucking undeniable best snowboarder that's ever lived. And I thank you for being on our podcast, man. Terry, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks for that, everybody. See you on the hill. Mount Baker Bank Slalom is the best. Wholesale brewery uh, makes the best beer, so you should get that. They make Sessions beer, and they're out of Hood River, Oregon, and they're my favorite. And if anybody wants some wholesale swag, just come up to the table, and we'll give you some wholesale cool shit. We've got Evan Rad shadows to so many people this week who helped on this episode. First and foremost, thank you, Terry A. Hackinson. It would not have been possible without Evan Cam, our temporary audio engineer, and Mike from Drag the River, who let us use all of his equipment. Thanks to Jake Blovelt and Truda Lurfabli for getting Terry to the record. Thanks to Casey at Full Sail for the beer and the prizes, and extra special thanks to all of the Chair 9 staff and the owner of Chair 9 Pub, Peter Cook. Thank you, Pickle, Leroy, James, Kyle, Doya, General Brad, Alex, Jeffrey Fulton, who's the true soul of snowboarding, and everyone else who showed up to show their support at Chair 9 Pub. 
Sincerely, thank you. Come back next week for another episode of the Evan Rad Snowboarding Podcast brought to you by BR Productions.